Welcome to Today on Broadway for Tuesday, March 13th, 2018. I'm Broadway World's Matt Tamanini. And I am Broadway star's James Marino. James, it's that time of year. Thursday and Friday are two of my very favorite days of any calendar year. You know what those are? Thursday and Friday. It's not St. Patrick's Day. That's not It's not close that's enough. That's Saturday. No, that's Saturday. But Thursday and Friday are, I honestly, they might be my two favorite consecutive days of the entire year. Is it then diaphragm? No, that's coming up. That's tomorrow. We're going to talk about that later in the show. But think this is a Venn diagram type thing. Hmm. Overlapping, overlapping. Uh, People who like March and people who like April. People who like March. Madness. Oh, Uh, that's Thursday and Friday are the first two days of the NCAA basketball tournament. The uh, Ohio State Buckeyes are a five seed. They will play the Jackrabbits from South Dakota State University. Mm. Penn State, your alma mater, is a uh, three seed in the NIT tournament, just so you, uh, if you're keeping track at home. So uh, anyway, (laughs) I mean, they did beat Ohio State three times this year, but whatever. Even a blind dog finds a bone every once in a while. The NIT was the big thing before the NCAAs, you know. Yes, that was almost 75 years ago. Well, you know. (laughs) Anyway. Older than the Tonys. (laughs) Yes, that's true. So I will be – it's it's a good week or so for me because on Thursday and Friday, I've got the basketball tournament. Then that continues over the weekend. The Ohio State women, who are a three seed, kick off on Saturday um, in their games uh, in their tournament. They they host the George Washington Colonials on Saturday, and then I come to New York on Monday, the nineteenth. So uh, a good a good run for about two weeks for me. All right. Well, we better get right to the news then. Stars set for Beauty and the Beast concert at the Hollywood Bowl. Yes, yesterday the Hollywood Bowl announced a slew of uh, surprising stars. We'll get to that. Uh, But they'll be leading a concert presentation of Disney's Beauty and the Beast this coming May. James, this is not going to be like one of the full-fledged productions that the Bowl does, like they've recently done um, Mamma Mia and Rent and Les Mis and Hairspray. This instead will be like that Sarah Bareilles-led Little Mermaid concert from last year. The cast has some pretty unusual choices. Not that it's unusual that they're in it, just what parts they're going to be playing. Two of the less unusual ones include Zoe Deschanel as Belle, you know, not completely out of the realm of possibilities. That makes sense. And Tay Diggs will play Gaston. Okay, I can see that. Here's where it gets a little odd for me. Rebel Wilson will be playing LaFou. Hmm. Okay, I like that one. Jane Krakowski is playing Mrs. Potts. Now that one, I, okay, I'll suspend my my concerns there for a while. Don't necessarily think of her as a legit Angela Lansbury type soprano, but okay. Um, a singer that I've not heard of, but I think he's a Christian singer named Anthony Evans will be playing the beast. And then we've got Kelsey Grammer, not as Cogsworth, who I think he would be very good at, but he's playing Lumiere. Don't see that. So James, out of these, what's the most surprising part of this cast list? Is it Wilson is LeFou, Krakowski is Potts, Grammer is Lumiere. What do you think is the, uh, the most surprising casting choice here? Uh, Rebel Wilson as LeFou. Uh, yeah. I, I think that would be a lot of fun. And mm-hmm. the fact that Jane Krakowski would take the role of Mrs. Potts, 
Uh, you know, I'm very surprised about that, but I think she'll pull it off. Sure. Uh, I think Rebel Wilson is really interesting as the few. I think uh, Josh Gad showed in the um, in the live action version that came out um, a year ago that this part can have a lot of really fun comic stuff. And we talked about uh, Rebel Wilson a lot. She played Ursula in that Little Mermaid concert last year. She also played Miss Adelaide in the West End as a replacement in Guys and Dolls. She's someone who has some interesting uh, stage aspirations, has some really good comedic chops and isn't a terrible singer. Not a great singer, but not terrible. Um, but again, this concert will just be kind of like they'll be watching the movie and then these performers will sing the songs maybe in conjunction with the video. I, I'm not exactly sure. But anyway, according to the Los Angeles Times, uh, these performances will happen on May 25th and 26th. Maybe they will extend like they did with Little Mermaid last year. Tickets will go on sale this Friday at 10 a.m. All right. Uh, what do we have for last week's Broadway Roses? Well, James, it appears that despite the thunder snow or whatever that means uh, things thunder on broadway thunder snow yeah uh, things on broadway started moving in the right direction a bit more last week than it had in the first 11 12 weeks of the year the main stem rebounded from a tough week to climb over 3 million collective dollars to come in at 29,425,563 bucks an 11.81% increase over the previous week and a 23.52% jump from the corresponding week in 2017. In fact, every show on Broadway, except for The Lion King and Escape to Margaritaville, saw week-to-week -week gains. E2M, as the cool kids are calling it, dropped just over 53,000, and Simba and Fam dipped almost 23K. The biggest climber of the week was Springsteen on Broadway, jumping over 480,000, sorry, as it went from four to five performances, as Bruce was uh, took uh, an extra show off the previous week. It was followed in this category by Frozen, which went up almost 470,000 as it went from five to seven performances. And then Angels in America picked up 363,509 bucks as it went from five to seven performances. Also with the aforementioned Sarah Bareilles healthy and wrapping up her latest run in Waitress, that show climbed nearly 271,000. However, as always, Hamilton was the show that was the leading grocer at $3,149,330, followed by the boss's $2,396,000, the Lion King's $1.77 million, Dear Evan Hansen at $1.65 million, and Wicked's $1.57 as well. Interestingly, with just those seven performances that I mentioned earlier, Frozen came in sixth in last week's receipts, grossing $1,453,464, over 100% of its gross potential already while still in previews. James, obviously adding an eighth show to its playing week will increase its bottom line after opening. And I would expect that as they release more tickets, the face value on those will increase as well, which means that it'll probably get this one over $2 million during its better weeks later in 2018. Now, the shows, uh, those shows were joined north of seven figures by Aladdin, Waitress Come From Away in the Book of Mormon, Angels in America in just those seven performance was just over $5,000 short of cracking the million dollar club. In its final week on Broadway, the Parisian woman jumped nearly $84,000 to post a final frame of $467,853. However, it was the third lowest grossing show of the week. Besting only the play that goes wrong and a lobby hero. 
Once on this island was the next show on that list and fourth from the bottom, despite climbing over 60% or climbing over 60% of its gross potential mark to $478,594. While the bottom line might not be as good, the percent for once on this island is better than that of SpongeBob SquarePants, which came in at 620,000 for just 49.7% of its gross potential. Again, James, I think both of these shows will make it until Tony nominations come out and then likely through the summer. But I wouldn't be surprised if either one posted notice just after the ceremony in June. Um, These are uh, terribly fraught territory for musicals. And while I expect both of them to get some nominations, I don't know that it will be enough to keep them going through the fall and into 2019. Some other shows of note, Carousel came in at $865,507 in seven performances. Three Tall Women jumped almost $214,000 in its second week on Broadway as it moved from four to seven shows. It was just over $497,000 last week. Now, James, I would imagine that barring any other freak weather mashups like Thunder Snow, like uh, I don't know, like uh, like earthquake rain or something. Um, I would imagine that spring breaks will keep these grosses climbing over the next few weeks. So was there anything in particular that jumped out at you in this week's numbers? Um, no, I mean, uh, this is all really interesting that uh, I think we have a lot of, of very strong shows. And the thing that's interesting is that SpongeBob and Once on this Island, I think, will tour well. Um, yeah. What do you think? Uh, I'm a little nervous about Once on This Island. Um, I mean, obviously, we understand that when shows go out on tour, they the vast majority of their tickets are sold via subscriptions. So it's really a much less risky proposition to tour. However, I am a little nervous about the artistic merits of Once on This Island touring into these large 2,000-seat touring houses. I think I talked about this with yeah. Julie um, when when this was announced, I, I just worry about because so much of the charm of this production is in how Michael Arden has made this show so intimate. Clearly, I don't doubt that he will be able to translate that to a large proscenium stage, but I just wonder if it'll lose some of the inherent impact that this specific production has uh, in its current standing on Broadway at Circle in the Square. So SpongeBob, I think will do well on tour. I mean, there's plenty of kids. Look, I went and saw Slava's Snow Show a couple years ago, and it had Sorry. a packed audience and that was quite possibly the most horrendous thing i've ever seen in my life so if slava's snow show can pack kids in i'm pretty confident that spongebob can as well we don't often hear about numbers on the road but um no the hamilton road uh companies seem to be doing bang up business hard to get tickets uh i might recommend that um that once in this island might want to skip Denver. Did you see uh, some of the quote unquote uh, fan reviews out of Denver for Hamilton? No. So um, here's one I'll read from you from a Walt Banara of Lakewood, Colorado. He says, all I can say is this musical standards in this country have gone into the toilet. I found Hamilton to be the most offensive show I've ever seen. A black George Washington, a black James Madison, a black Aaron Burr, and a rapping and strutting Thomas Jefferson. Atrocious. I would love to see the reaction of our black communities if a theater or film producers 
produce the life story of Reverend Martin Luther King or Frederick Douglass mounted with an all-white cast? Oh, hmm. I, I don't want to have to to bleep me, James, but F you, whoever you are. <laughs> That's my reaction. Seriously, go take a long walk off a short pier, you freaking racist. MAGA oh. wearing, MAGA hat wearing, red hat wearing. She, Jesus. <laughs> go away. So, yeah, I, this was printed in the Denver Post, and I'm not sure why the Denver Post would print a letter like that but here it is so uh i i also don't understand why the new york times continually profiles certain voters that represent mm -hmm. a small minority of the country and yet they get like dozens of articles over a two-month period but whatever i am not on the editorial boards of any major newspapers yet <laughs> all right let's move to something more positive josh groban and idina menzel announce fall dates they're touring together they are, James. We actually talked about this. You might not have been on, but uh, Groban tweeted about it a few weeks ago. And well, yesterday we found out the full slate of fall tour dates for the Pair of Superstars tour. It is officially the Josh Groban Bridges tour, which will be promoting his forthcoming album of the same name. And shows will kick off on October 18th. Groban and Menzel will hit 17 cities before concluding in the world's most famous arena, Madison Square Garden on November 18th. The tour will kick off in the bustling metropolis of Duluth, Georgia. I've been there. Uh, before hitting such cities as Nashville, Houston, Phoenix, the aforementioned Denver. Fortunately, both Groban and Menzel are white, so they shouldn't have a problem. Uh, Chicago, Boston, Philly, Washington, D.C., and more. We will have the complete show listings over on uh, broadwayradio.com for where they're stopping and what dates. Apparently, city card members will have access to purchase pre-sale tickets beginning today at 10 a.m. local time, depending on the specific venue. So, James, uh, we've seen Groban tour with a couple different Broadway folks. I believe he went out and had Lena Hall come out on a couple uh, tour stops with him a year or so ago before he did uh, Great Comet. So, you know, whether it's uh, actually being in a show on Broadway or going out on tour, it seems like he likes to have the Broadway folks close by. I'm thinking that, you know, Groban and Menzel out on tour might uh, prompt uh, little Chrissy Chenoweth to go out there and tour with Bono. <laughs> well, I, I mean, keep Not in that mind. there's competition. No, no, never competition between Adina and Christian. Uh, but keep in mind, Groban and Menzel did that um, UK concert version of chess together. Um, uh, yeah. I think it's almost been 10 years ago with Adam Pascal and Carrie Ellis as well. Um, so they do have a history of working together. Okay, next up, Apple orders an animated musical Central Park with Broadway favorites. Yeah, so as streaming sites like Netflix, Hulu, and Amazon became major players in original scripted content, Apple has started dipping its toe into the water as well. Yesterday, Variety reported that the company has added its first animated show called Central Park and that it will be a musical. It was created by Bob's Burgers creator, which is a very popular cartoon on Fox, primetime cartoon on Fox, uh, Bob's Burgers creator Lauren Bouchard, who will co-write with Nora Smith and... None other than Josh Gad, 
who will also star in the show. Uh, Gad will be joined by the likes of his Carnegie Mellon classmate and Murder on the Orient Express co-star Leslie Odom Jr., his Frozen co-star Kristen Bell, his Beauty and the Beast co-star Stanley Tucci, Titus Burgess, David Diggs, and Catherine Hahn, all of whom I'm sure he's co-starred in something with at some <laughs> point. Nothing comes to mind as of now. The show will follow the story of how a family of caretakers who live and work in Central Park end up saving the park in basically the world. Apple has ordered two 13-episode seasons of the musical comedy series. No premiere date has yet been announced. James, this is a, a little different than the pilot season stuff we talked about on yesterday's show, considering it's coming from Apple, and we know they've already ordered two, seri- uh, two seasons. But this is still pretty fun and, you know, unexpected uh, as it may be. Yeah, this is exciting. I wonder um, yeah, if, hopefully, if this is a... Uh... A financial success there'll be lots more of these this could be very cool yeah i don't really understand what apple's model is for his original stuff yet i don't know if it's just you can buy episodes on itunes i i haven't really followed what their what their plan is but i know do know they're starting to invest in shows there's something with um Oh, I think Elizabeth Olsen, the younger sister of the Olsen twins, who's also um, the Scarlet Witch in the Avengers movies. I think she's got a show that's coming to Apple. I don't know what their plan is on rolling these out, but um, it'll be interesting to see how they monetize this. um, If it'll be like a subscription service like Hulu and Amazon and Netflix and stuff, or if they'll try to do something different, whether it's a la carte or maybe free with advertising. I'll be interested to see how they decide to do things like this. Well, it was rumored that Apple kept on trying to buy Netflix, but was never successful at doing yeah. that. And the Apple and Amazon fight has been raging for years, you know, to the point where Amazon yeah. stopped carrying the Apple TV and Apple stopped uh, allowing the Amazon app in the App Store and things like that. Um, so uh, I, I think that Amazon is building a streaming service uh, just like uh, Netflix and and Disney at one point or another is going to be a competitor in that space. So it's it's interesting mm-hmm. to see how these one-time, uh, you know, the largest shareholder of Disney is Steve Jobs' uh, wife. Uh, oh, I didn't know that. Yeah. As Steve Jobs owned a huge amount of Apple, uh, Apple Dis- shares. Disney. Uh, di- Disney, uh, shares. Disney shares, exactly. Yeah. Uh, from the Pixar days. Mm-hmm. Um, That's right. So... Uh, Hey, this is awesome that it's it's rolling out in this way, and we'll, we'll see what happens. It's awesome because it means more content. It's not awesome when I currently have uh, yeah. four, five, six subscriptions. Yeah. yeah, I've got Netflix, I've got Hulu, I've got Amazon, or I got Amazon Video through Amazon Prime, I've got Broadway HD, I've got Poker Go. Sorry about that, guys. That. I know that doesn't fit, but I, I subscribe to Poker Go. I subscribe to MLB TV. It's a lot of subscriptions to try to be able to get all your content. And with the proliferation of what you're getting from all of these things, as more movies come off of Netflix every month, um, it, it's a little frustrating to have to continue to pay more money for these things when you're losing the content that might have gotten you there in the first place. Now, that's why Netflix is investing over a billion dollars a year in original content, up to five, uh, five billion with a B dollars a year in original content because they want to build a library that will keep people coming back year over year without having the, you know, have to worry about it being pulled off when their contract expires. But it's a little frustrating for consumers who want to maybe even people, I have cable still, but people who want to cut the cord 
but they start seeing these subscription services add up to the point where they're actually going to end up paying more than they would if they just got a cable box. Yeah, the problem with uh, buying series is that it could be a house of cards and all collapses in on itself. Very well done with House of Cards uh, with a Netflix reference there. Yeah, exactly. Um, There was something else I was going to say, but it has eluded me. So let's move forward into Waitress to celebrate Pie Day with a free pie jar. Yes, every math nerd's favorite day, Pi Day, is tomorrow, 3.14. Now, James, I know tomorrow is your favorite day for a much different pie-related reason, but the Broadway production of Waitress has found a way to marry those two disparate loves of pie. Tomorrow, beginning at 10 a.m., anyone who purchases tickets to see the show directly from the Brooks Atkinson Theater box office will get a free pie jar with purchase. But wait, there's more because audience members who actually attend the Pi Day matinee will have an opportunity to win a prize if they buy a pie in a jar there. Ten lucky customers will find a note hidden under the lid of their pie jar, allowing them to redeem their prize at the theater's merchandise booth. Now, James, I can't imagine any sane person needing more incentive to buy pie, but I guess this would do it. Um, I'm seeing the show on the 25th, first time I'm ever seeing Waitress, and I can guarantee to you that I will be purchasing pie. Whether or not there's a contest or not, I would still be buying pie. So, uh, uh, James, I don't know what you're doing on Wednesday, but maybe you want to take a take a half day and go over to the Brooks and, uh, and see a show and get some pie. Hmm. Like I said, you never need to press me hard to get some pie. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. <laughs> All right. Uh, Stitcher Premium launches Wolverine podcast starring Broadway stars. Yeah, this is something we've talked about before, James. Uh, it officially launched uh, yesterday. You can hear the first two episodes. But this is something that really marries three of my favorite things in the world. Podcasts, superheroes, and Celia Keenan-Bolger. Uh, as we talked about before, this series will follow the X-Man Wolverine following a string of mysterious deaths, deaths in Burns, Alaska. Special Agent Sally Pierce, played by Celia, and Tad Marshall arrive to investigate. They soon find that there's more than meets the eye. This show is actually called um, Wolverine of the Night. I, I, I lost it here. Wolverine the Long Night. There we go. Um, And it has a crazy cast with a bunch of Broadway people. In addition to Celia Keenan-Bolger, her brother, Andrew Keenan-Bolger, is also featured, as is Brian Stokes Mitchell, Bob Balaban, Richard Armitage, and in kind of like some extra cameo work, original Ranch star Freddie Walker Brown is uh, also playing the landlord and a dispatch police dispatch. So uh, really cool. So what they're doing, James, is you can listen to the first two episodes now at WolverinePodcast.com If you get a free one month subscription to Stitcher Prime after that, the rest of the episodes will be released on Stitcher Prime in the coming weeks. However, if you don't want to pay for Stitcher Prime or premium, I think it's Stitcher Premium, they will release all of the episodes on all of your traditional podcast networks coming up later this fall now again interestingly enough we just talked about all the subscription things like i don't know that i can bring myself to subscribe to stitcher premium but i love me some celia and i love me some audio dramas and i love me some superheroes wolverine's not my favorite but like i want to so i think i'm going to listen do the free thing listen to the first two episodes and then decide if i need to hear them you know the rest of them earlier if i can wait till the end of the year but um I, look, if you're going to tell me Suyukin and Boulder is doing something with superheroes, I'm all in. 
<laughs> Maybe uh, if you started catching up on the West Wing Weekly, uh, by the time you finished all of those, uh, Wolverine Podcast will be out on iTunes. Is uh, either Sirius Keenan Bolger or Wolverine in the West Wing? I don't remember that for my first time watching. Yes, you don't remember that? They're definitely in it, but you'll have to listen to all the episodes to find them. Uh, gotcha. You're just speaking of Kristen Chenoweth, there you go. There's a there's a good uh, West Wing reference in there, too. <laughs> I see. I see. All right. Well, oh, you know what? I just remembered what I was... Uh, when you were talking before about the whole uh, having so many different subscriptions, yes. the Wolverine yes. podcast, maybe even just another one. Do you know what the what the best summer house, the best boat, and the best horse to have is? I, I, I don't. I feel like you're setting me up for something here, so uh, go ahead and tell me. So the best summer house, the best boat, or the best horse to have is a friend with a summer house, a friend with a boat, <laughs> and a friend with a horse. So, I mean, you know, not that I I'm have saying... all of those subscriptions. I'm not saying that I don't share them with a sibling yeah. or something. <laughs> okay. <laughs> I mean, don't tell anybody. All right. Okay. Why don't you get us out of here? All right. Thanks for listening to today on Broadway. Follow us on Facebook and Twitter at Broadway Radio. You can find me on Twitter at BWW Matt and subscribe to something a pop on iTunes, Stitcher or Google Play. And my name is James Marito from BroadwayRadio.com and BroadwayStars.com. Get up. Get the shovel out. Dig yourself out. This will be the last snow of the season, right? Uh, it better uh, be. I'm coming to town next week. I don't need no dang snow. That's right. And uh, and so plow it out to uh, so that Tamanini can walk free and clear in New York streets. <laughs> and Matt and I will be back and talk with you tomorrow. Tomorrow.